Welcome to Boots Off Log On, a podcast where we talk all things farm business. A show about the business of farming, bringing you insights and wisdom from the leaders in farm business, helping you minimise risk and maximise return on all your hard work. I'm David and I'll be your host for the show. Hello everybody and welcome to the very first episode of Boots Off Log On Podcast. We thought the best way to launch our new podcast is by interviewing Natalie Edges and Warburton, AgriMaster Guru, Power User, AgriMaster's Chief Financial Officer, Working Mum of Three Boys, and of course my lovely wife. Natalie has been designing and consulting and using AgriMaster for 25 years. She's also trained thousands of farmers across Australia in the setup and the use of AgriMaster and is well known to many of you. So welcome to the podcast, Nat. Thanks, Dave. Like many of our listeners, Nat, you grew up as a farm girl. So can you tell us quickly the story about how did you go from farm girl to the CFO of a national agri software company? So I'm fifth generation farming family from Kitani. I went to school for my entire schooling in Kitani. And then when I actually finished year 12, I decided that I was either going to go to teacher's college or go into banking. I also had this dream of going overseas by the time I was 21. And so I took the banking route because that's where the money was. And yeah, so effectively I left Katanning, um, went to Perth, started working for Westpac for the next 10 years. And yeah, that's pretty much how my journey began. So you did 10 years in the bank and then, so but. How do you go from banking to AgriMaster? I mean, you know, you finished your banking career and then you end up at 25 years with AgriMaster. So tell us about that. Well, I clearly met you. I was the site manager at Cogena. I was planning to just temporarily stay there as a bit of a stepping stone in my career. But um, luckily, <laughs> I met you. She has to say that. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's obviously how, you know, the next stage of my journey began in life. Yeah, and so so it's interesting. So you we got married and you'd ended up on the farm mm-hmm. um, saying that you weren't going to stay in Cogenup because you're only going to be there temporarily. So you were stuck here in Cogenup, right? <laughs> um, and so, so how did the AgriMaster journey start? Um, it actually started before you and I got married. Um, we were obviously going out, we became engaged. When I was in the bank, uh, desktop banking was becoming a very new and emerging um, thing that the banks were trying to actually get their customers on board with. And that's obviously the prelude before internet banking. And Kent, your dad, obviously the original author of AgriMaster, was really quite keen how it actually worked and also wanted to see how we could actually integrate the desktop banking platforms into AgriMaster because AgriMaster is all about being the single source of truth and also the thing that wherever you're entering data that you only actually have to enter it once. So that was, yeah, we were actually the leaders in integrating desktop banking into our financial software. So we got hold of the Westpac Westpac desktop banking and we 
developed how you would enter it into AgriMaster and then upload payments into the internet banking so you only had to obviously enter it once. And then at the same time, we saw the need to actually download the statement from the desktop banking and commence that automatic um, bank reconciliation journey. So when everyone talks about bank feeds, we've actually had it in the program since 1996, although not automatic. Yeah, so so you started your journey with working with Kent. So when you were at the bank and helping him out integrate the first bank feeds in 96, um, well, what was bank feeds? I suppose it was just called desktop banking integration back then. Yeah, definitely. And then the, the local branch closed in Westpac and, and then suddenly you were unemployed. Mar- unemployed. You're, at, you're married to this local farmer with no, no local job anymore. Um, yeah. So then, you know, so how did you... Get, end up with his experience of training thousands of farmers? So um, I was 100 kilometres away from any branch, so there was no real job anywhere near that actually suited my skill set. While I was in the bank, I also saw the need for teaching farmers how to actually do their budgets, plus also on the side, how to use their desktop banking programs. So what I started to do was um, work with Kent on how I could possibly start a training company to actually teach farmers how to really use all aspects of AgriMaster as well as with desktop banking. So that's sort of how the journey started, but it was kind of like a hobby initially because I had no customers and I had no training materials. So on the side, I also had three part-time jobs. I worked at the Cogenup Vet Clinic. I um, trained, uh, I also worked at the local vineyards because that's when vineyards were actually a really big thing in the, you know, they were just starting out in the Franklin area. So training vines, I used to get up at four o'clock in the morning and go and train vines. And then I also did some data work at the egg department. You never liked training vines, did you? didn't like training vines, I only lasted there five weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Then you, you, so you had the training company and you you had set up. So um, what I'd like to uh, talk about is you're, as a CFO of AgriMaster, you use AgriMaster every day. Mm-hmm. You've been using AgriMaster every day for 25 years. So in many ways, probably not every day, but in some ways you're similar to many of our customers. Mm-hmm. Um, you learn AgriMaster the first time. Admittedly, you learnt it from the guy who wrote it, who apparently was a pretty bad teacher, yeah? He's a terrible teacher. <laughs> he used to like throw some manuals to me and go, you just go away and read that and learn that and then come back to me with any questions. So it was very much like a university model. You just go away and learn, and then I'll answer the questions. Yeah, um, but it worked. and, and It you, worked really well, because worked. I could actually see the gaps that were in the existing manuals in the product, and then I actually rewrote them, so I could actually then use them properly to train our customers. Yeah, so the client- In the fir- new due date. And your very first client, Carol, was it? Yes. Carol, Carol, um, if you're listening, Natalie turned up to your training with only half a manual written because she wasn't ready yet. <laughs> um, she was very, very considered and... But she's very happy because she kept on getting you back and back, didn't she? Yes. She did. All right. So now I think what people don't realise about you, and this is what we want to talk about today, you're very passionate about um, farm, uh, farm financial management, well, just financial management period because you'll manage the books here. And I know that every time a team member here comes up and asks you a question about bookkeeping, coding, budgeting, banking, anything, you light up and you just could talk about it for hours. So why do you have such a passion for 
for um, financial management? What do you love about it? Um, I think my personal view on this is in any business, it is such an important part of the business. And if you don't have someone responsible in the business for this very important function, then you should. Because it can't be everybody, somebody, nobody, because business doesn't work like that. So from if in a farming sense, there's a lot of important farming functions that happen. This is actually one of them. And so it should be given just as much time and consideration as any other function in the business. Because at the end of the day, if you do not have amazing financial um, records and you don't focus on your budgets, you may not have a business. So you should make it part of your every week with them. For example, you know, like everyone gets their invoices either via email or post. If you get them via the post, you should get them via email. And you should actually have a daily filing system for your invoices. I'm not saying that you need to enter them every day, but you should have a rhythm where you're saving them, ready to enter and pay into your Agrimaster. And you should also dedicate a day, at least a week, to actually spending time to do your data entry, your reconciliation, just making sure that you're up to date with at least the books. So this is a common theme. A lot of people, a lot of our customers really dread their books. Like a lot of people try and avoid it. I mean, a lot of people avoid their books like the plague, right? Yeah, and, but, uh, but I think they only avoid it because they get really far behind and it becomes very daunting and you forget things because we're all very busy. Like, you know, you're busy raising kids, running out, helping around the farm. But it is actually a really important function of the farm. And if people don't value it, it means that they haven't done it. So it's one of those really thankless jobs at times. And, and I, I think the thing is the people who, like I just said, who criticise it are the ones who have never done it and, and understand how much work goes into actually doing it. Yeah, and, and putting the time in, I think you, you've always been a massive advocate for, um, you talk to all the team in here, you talk to clients about this. I remember when you were out in training, that does, you don't train a lot these days, but when you're out training all the time, you'd always be, you'd advocate for do this as often, little but often, mm -hmm. you know, like, so you're saying about weekly. So why weekly? So is it, is that because of the daunting nature to uh, reduce? If you do it weekly, then when you come to the end of the month, it's super quick because all of your data is in there. So we all have online statements. And so if something appears on the credit card that you have no idea what the charge is for, you then get time to actually chase that person up in the enterprise, in the farm that week. And then you may not get it today, tomorrow, but by the time you actually need to enter that data the next week, you would have had it. And so then you, you know, it just it just becomes a very regular rhythm. And then, you know, there's with internet banking, there's no reason why you can't reconcile your finances every week because it's all very possible now. Yeah, and, it, and I suppose it's a lot easier now than when you started out and before, you know, even before, you know, it was it was it was easy because we had the um, desktop banking integration in the mm. early days, but it's got easier and easier as time gone on, yeah? Yeah, it's super easy. So, you know, it's a, a good and a bad thing, but, you know, you don't have shocks that way. So I know another thing you're a massive advocate is 
entering the transactions yourself. So even though we have all these fancy functions within AgriMaster and many of our um, other products in the market have these integrations, especially with banking, mm. but I know you're a fierce advocate of manual data entry. Can you tell us about that? Why are you such a fierce advocate of asking farm financial managers or bookkeepers or however you identify as to do your own books? So I think a lot of people become overwhelmed because they leave it to lastminute.com and so then they've got to get a lot of information in there very quickly. I use the bank feed features but I, I know that it's not going to give me all the information I need but because I stay up to date every week it's really super easy for me. And I then have the time to actually be really considered with entering my information. So I make sure I choose my right enterprise. I give it the allocation I need. I, I do all the enterprise, I do all the management reporting that I need in order to run our business. And in order to, for me to like, like get really good information that matters for when I'm trying to budget or when I'm trying to search for something that might have happened 12 months ago. And, and that's a really good point. So you you code to six levels, yep. right? And now, so those of you who are AgriMaster customers who are listening know that AgriMaster can code to six levels. Now, you, you are also very passionate about, you know, you say to everyone you meet, code to six levels, code to six levels. So, you know, why are you so passionate about that? Because it's when you need it the most, if you haven't entered it, is when you spend the most amount of time actually digging around, whether it's looking for um, information that you filed electronically or in a filing cabinet, whatever your system is, but you don't need to do that. So when you're entering the data into your transactions, you can use the long note, for example, if you think this is you know something out of the ordinary that you may need to remember later, i.e. you paid them you know, $10,000 less and this is the reason why. Because, you know, these things do come up 12 months down the track and it's really, really hard to actually remember why you did what you did. So, for example, often I'll say, um, can you find out, I'm looking for something we did two years ago for this. And you go, don't worry about looking it up in the electronic invoicing system. I can find it quicker in Agrimaster. Yeah, definitely. And it's true, like within 10 minutes, because I just use my find and edit feature. So my, my biggest thing is you need to always think, what is the information you want to get out at the end of the day to make really informed business decisions? So that affects how you actually enter your data every day. Yeah, so most people would go, okay, there's things you have to enter, right? So in farm financial management, you have to put it, you have to code something and you have to give it a tax because the government wants to know how much tax to charge you, mm -hmm. yeah? So that's the base amount. Mm -hmm. But you go to the next level. And this next level, yes, is, is, is about the business and about you. So can you explain the importance of those next levels beyond code and GST and amount? Well, it, it's, it kinda, it's actually how I make decisions down the track. It's actually how I attract what we're spending on particular things. And unless you've got the information in there, it's, it's kind of useless. It's sort of like, why do you even bother to even have such a, you know, an important feature if you don't put the time in? Yeah. And I think this comes back to there again, it's, you shouldn't rush this. It's actually a really important function for the business. Don't undervalue it. Yeah, and that's the thing about, we're always in a rush to get data in. 
but we forget that the importance of it is actually the data out. The reason we're recording mm -hmm. this is for reporting. Yeah. yeah? So it's the, the end result. Yes, the end result. So you, you you've got a good story about customers. So um, when you used to set up customers, right? You always used to say, and they used to go, "How do I set up?" my books or you know and this is not just for you or for customers but it's a good analogy as to why you go to this amount of effort so what did you always ask them so I, you know when i was training and even today i always say to everybody think about what is the end game what do you want to report on in your business in order for you to sleep well at night and that is actually how you design your file so that's at a code level a farm code level enterprise allocation even, even in your descriptions, you can permanently save descriptions in order to build reports in the stack report. So what is the important things that you need to track all year round and be able to just design a report, use find and edit, use stack report, whatever the report is that you are trying to pull the data from in order to get that information out really, really quickly. Because there's no point having a system like AgriMaster if you don't use it properly. Yeah, so but the the other thing is we want to talk about rhythms. You talked a lot about rhythms before and routine, and you're a big advocate of these rhythms and routine. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I know that it, I get the trouble if I interrupt your uh, financial rhythm and routine. So yeah. can you, to help other people out who may not have this rhythm or routine, so what is your bookkeeping routine? So, I mean, obviously for us, we have a lot of transactions going through and we use AgriMaster to run Master Group. So every day I read the emails, I file, you know, accounts payable. Um, I Then at some stage in the day, we enter the accounts payable, ready to for whenever they're due to be paid. So, you know, that's a focus. And then obviously we have a lot of other things that we need to do within the day, within the week. But every, every Friday, the accounts are always reconciled. Sometimes they're reconciled daily if, if the time is there. And, and then because by the time we come to the end of the month, it's super quick. But not to saying that we, you know, close it off straight away, but it's just really super quick if it is done every single day. Which means that also too, Wednesdays is my budget day. That's my focus. So then I can track with my budget to actual comparison report. I can see actually how we're going. And the only reason I always know exactly where we're at is because we enter the data regularly. So from a, you know, from a farmer's perspective, they may not do it every day, but if they did it once a week, they would very clearly know where they're sitting. So why do you like to know? So you, you mentioned this all the time. So I, I like to know where it's at. Yeah, so it's how I sleep. You know, we all have, you know, months of the year where, you know, cash flow is shorter than others. And so we all need to sleep peacefully at night time. And if you don't know where you're at, you cannot make sensible decisions. You jump at shadows and you actually do not make informed decisions. You make irrational decisions. And then also too, people's emotions within the, you know, the house, it has a big knock-on effect, you know, like perhaps you come snappy at someone where you wouldn't normally become snappy because you know at the back of your mind you're you are actually worried about something so by just staying on top of it it actually means you are more calm you're more considered and then you can actually have really good conversations with the partners of the the farm 
in order to make those real decisions because then you can actually spread the stress. Yeah, and that's the thing. So you're talking about knowing where the business is at and having the real conversation. So in, you're saying it doesn't matter whether the, the business is in a good spot or a bad spot. So whether it's you know killing it and there's tons of cash coming in through or you're going through, you're at peak debt and you're close to mm-hmm. hitting your overdraft and you're still saying it's important to know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because the thing is, this is just one part of your job. So, you know, for me, this is just one part of my role. I, you know, I spend a lot of time with the customer service gang, with the development gang, with the sales. I spend a lot of time with all of the teams because, you know, they're also my responsibility. But I make this a priority because there's always something more important that you could be doing. But really, is it? Like in in regard to what's really important, this is what's really important. This helps everybody. And I think most people don't associate doing farm financial management or or effective routine farm financial management, which on the surface sounds boring, with sleeping really well at night, do no, they? No. Yeah. And and the thing is, you ultimately, by you knowing all of your numbers, you are in control. And I think that's the reality. By not knowing, it doesn't make them less so. Yeah, and, and, you know, you can deflect to other people if you want to, but I always say that as a business owner, you should 100% be able to say, I know my numbers. But that's not to say that you don't have accountants and advisors who you work with in order to improve your business. But it's really good for you to know exactly where you're at so you can have really good decision, uh, really good conversations with those advisors. Um, the other, I want to circle back a little bit to, you mentioned accounts um, payable, and I know you were, you into, we have a lot more transactions than say mm-hmm. a standard farm business, but you enter your accounts payable daily, yes. right? And a farm might do it weekly. Yep. Tell me why it's important to you and why you think other farm businesses should enter accounts payable routinely? Because there again, you know, Wednesdays is budget day for me. So when I'm running my budget to actual comparison report, I like to have all my data in my file. Because if it's in my file, I know where I'm tracking every week. And so then, you know, for example, if I know that, you know, something may not have may not be coming through this month, then I know that I use, you know, I'll use my drop down list um, when I'm entering all my EFTs and I'll, you know, I'll go into my budget and I might move things forward, I might move them back because I know then when I actually go to have my budget day that everything will align. I just, I don't like surprises. And because it's actually part of my job and I take it really seriously and I do like to sleep, yeah. you know, safely at night, yeah, I just, I make it part of my world. And that's a good thing. I don't like surprises. So you're saying that... Um, I don't think we have to have surprises. You know, things do happen. They definitely do happen. But the thing is, we have got a very powerful program that can help us plan for those surprises. And that's the thing. So a lot of people say you can't predict the future and you can't change the future. So how do you use um, that combination of, you know, accounts payable, bookkeeping and budgeting to ensure you don't get surprises? So I always over budget on expenditure and under budget on income. So that's a really important thing when you're doing your budgets because you know you can 
tell yourself porcupines all you want about how much income you think you're going to earn but if it doesn't come through then you kind of have to deal with it at the end of the day so it's better to get a surprise than a shock yeah yeah definitely so so that, that's a good segue into budgeting rhythm so you have a very so let's take it 12 months of budgeting with nat mm. so let's let's talk about that so that's the same like all of our clients have you know so most farmers around australia probably you know or even around the world if they're in a budgeting rhythm would be doing a pre-season budget so if you're a grain farmer it might be in australia it might be february for example or january february or march um, and different industries have different budget rhythms so uh, tell us about your budget rhythm and is it similar to farming is it different so tell us about your budget rhythm and how it may, may or may relate and the disciplines you put around budgeting so i obviously use I'm a big user of full budgets. In fact, full budgets is the only thing I ever use because I want to see throughout the whole of our enterprise how we're performing. I use only worksheets to enter all my income and expenditure. I don't use direct entry at all because direct entry is actually how you can mess up future years budgets because you forget stuff. And the thing is when you use your worksheets, everything's very repeatable. So your first year takes you quite a bit of time to set up your full budget but it's definitely worth it in the following years, but also too when you want to actually, you know, try out different scenarios within, you know, the budgets even for that existing year. So I, yeah, so as I said, I create everything using full budgets and I always run nothing under a minimum two year cash flow budget. Yeah, and so would you recommend that to, to most farming clients? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I know that things can change, you know, 24 months out, but you have a pretty good idea of how your operation is going to run. And if you are not, if you're budgeting conservatively, like we always recommend to customers, you know, the surprise shouldn't be too bad. And even if it is, it, you know, you're budgeting so far out that you actually can change it. So when I roughly get, you know, um, six months through the first, you know, 24 months, I'm actually starting to think about my next 12 months of you know budget that I actually want to start to create so I always definitely have a 24 month period rolling budget so let's say you've just um so let's go through that so March is just closed I think what are we we're we're March April (laughs) um March is just closed um tell me about so tell me about how you relate to end of month budgeting moving forward so what's your rhythm there so obviously you know like I said before I you know I I review my budgets weekly and then once um everything's closed off and you know done and dusted I then have another quick review but it actually doesn't take me long because I've obviously had a quick look every week to see where it's at Um, I run my budget to actual comparison report and I've already moved everything forward that needs to or back if it's you know obviously been paid early for whatever reason so and then it's me just sort of like rolling into the next month so it's like dynamic so the other thing, do you do that in your budget you start at the beginning of the year or do you have multiple budgets? Do you, How do you, so this budget that you're adjusting. So we're talking about you you adjust your budget all the time, which I don't know how many people do, you know, we recommend that to clients and some people will do it and some people don't. So tell us about that. Do you have more than one budget and which one do you adjust and how do you adjust it? So I'm like everyone, um, well, maybe not like everyone, but how we recommend to our customers is we have a base budget. We actually have, and I call it my 
actuals and projection budget and then I also have a what if budget if I need to but you know like so you know my my lifeline you know the one that I live is you know month in month out once we're rocking along is the actuals to projection budget um, and you, you know like if I actually just want to do a little tweak you know say I'm thinking we may take on a new staff member for a particular role I might just I have this little code where I call it sensitivity payments and I might put in what that person's going to cost me for the next 18 months in order for me to see the knock-on effect but I won't leave that in there it's just for me to like have a bit of a play it's kind of like a bit of a sandbox and then once I've seen that I'll I'll go, yep, yes, no, I'll take it out, and then I'll actually enter it into a worksheet. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't use um, the direct entry if you're just sort of like doing a little bit of quick scenario planning, but what I'm saying is once you actually nail it and you go, yep, we're going to go with that, then that's when you would enter that data into I'm, the worksheet. But the, the point here is is that you don't want, you don't um, wonder, and this is the thing, so all of us sit there and go, I wonder if this happened or if grain prices gone up or sheep prices have changed or cattle prices are up or down or etc. Everyone goes, you worry, right? Yeah, so I, I know you worry, but you do something about it. So is this how you use this what if budget? Yeah, and I think the thing is with everything we do, you actually don't need to stress about it because stressing is, there's nothing you can do with the stress. So it's put that stress into use actually use the tool that you've got in order to really look at how it is going to affect the business and then and then make the the appropriate decisions because at the end of the day we you know lots of things are out of our control but what is our control in our control is actually making sure we're focused on our finances allowing time and actually planning properly so no one would have thought is um budgeting as a stress relief tool it's like better than meditation that yeah and you know take your glass of champagne if it's you know late on any day <laughs> a lot of people seem see it as a chore but i think they only see it as a chore because they don't dedicate time to it and so my thing to everybody is actually give it the right amount of time that it actually deserves and then and then don't it shouldn't be seen as like not an important job because it is fundamentally the most important job of the business so you know you're talking to people so some people or one of them yeah and in like all businesses like every job in a business is important and and, and and what you're saying is don't value this is a hard job it's a very important job and it's an important one to get right so you're saying no one in the business, whether you're doing the job or whether you uh, have a partner in your business that does the job, don't devalue it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's actually probably the heart of the business at times. It's actually how you know, can you put a crop in, can't you put a crop in? And yeah. particularly in this year where there are so many unknown variables at the moment, mm. um, it's a really, really important thing. Yeah, so it's... Um... And it's worth taking time to learn how to do it properly. So what is your advice to... All our uh, customers out there or non-customers out there around Australia um, who are currently doing the books, mm -hmm. but they're listening to you and go, wow, I'd like to 
get better at. I like the idea of having peace of mind. I like the idea of feeling in control of this business. Where would you recommend they start? Do, you know, what, what, what should they do? What journey do you think you should recommend where they start on? So um, if they're not signed up to you know, digital media, things like the ATO, you know, your accountants are really good these days. They send, you know, update out information out all the time. You need to make sure you have personal development time, reading all of that sort of information, fair work, because it's all really important things in order for you to stay informed about running your business. You know, for example, if you don't feel that you're getting enough out of your program, then sit down and make the time to learn the things that you want to get more out of. Because ultimately, you're the only person who can actually learn this information. And if you've learned the information, then you can apply the information to your everyday business. To really summarise what you're saying here is that if people take the time to learn how to do this well, right, and then set a routine in, you know, both their bookkeeping or their accounting component, their budgeting and their all the and the reporting around mm-hmm. budgeting, and so they always know where they're at, and they will get a sense of not only control but peace of mind so so their financial management goes from being a chore to something that actually something that makes them feel good about the day or yeah, about definitely. the way and my thing is if anyone criticizes it in the business you just get them to sit down and do it <laughs> <laughs> because like ultimately i know in our house when i say i'm actually heading off to do the books nobody even disagrees with me <laughs> I just, yeah, because, you know, it's it's the neck. If anyone's actually watched the my big Greek fat wedding, you know, and the old guy talks about, you know, she's the neck and he's the head. That's very much how it is in our business. So she's the neck that turns the head, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of families could um, relate to that one, yeah? yeah. And finally, Nat, look, we've introduced you as Agrimaster Guru. You're the, you're the person everybody in, in the Agrimaster company goes to with anything Agrimaster. I think you have Agrimaster DNA in your strains. But when you're not CFO and you're not helping out team members in Agrimaster and you're not a mum, right, which is, I know, a very another busy role of yours, um, what do you love doing? I love catching up with my friends. I love gardening. And I love gin. And in fact, I actually just went and learned how to make gin. And my friend and I are actually just thinking, should we actually get our own little distillery? Because it's not that hard to make. But that could be a very dangerous, slippery slope. So, yeah. But, you know, my thing is if I have enough time to do all of those things, I feel really quite fulfilled for now. I know. So if you want to see Nat in her really happy place, it's either... Her telling you... Oh, yoga and yoga. I oh, love yeah. my yoga. You do love your yoga. So you're either at yoga, you're doing your books, or you're in a garden. If you see Nat with a hedge trimmer, um, she's a happy girl, unless you cut the cord, yeah, Nat? Yeah, which is a frequent occurrence. <laughs> so um, I think we'll leave it there today, and um, thank you again, Nat, for joining us. I hope everyone got a lot out of, out of today, and um, hopefully you're going to hear a lot from Nat over the, over the coming months and years. And um, and thank you for joining us for our very first Boots Off Log On a podcast. And um, we look forward to speaking to you next time. And thank you. Thank you. 
As always, if you'd like to know more about AgriMaster farm business management software and services, you can find us at www.agrimaster.com.au or find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. If you like this episode, please share it on social media or directly with a friend. And let's make farm business great together.